Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hello, friend. Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, joining us for some good news. And then Jenny Dean Schmidt, the channel mom, coming up as well. Uh, she was able to do quite an interview with Jim Daly with Focus on the Family, and she has some very interesting things to share with us. And then we are going to do good news as well. And we'll talk about some Christmas traditions if we have time as well. I just love keeping Jesus alive in Christmas and talking about that. Amen. So, Jenny. Jenny joining us in a few minutes. Beatrice, we're going to start with you, and I have a good news story that we're going to share. And this one has to do with a teacher, and uh, the teacher had no idea that this kid that she totally fell in love with, you know how you just bond with somebody, like you and I did, you know how you just click with somebody, and it's just like that God clicks, there's like strings yes. between your hearts, and you're like, okay, we're fast friends, yes. which when you're older is the coolest thing to meet a friend like that. You and Jenny both, I just have that feeling for where I am just feel so blessed to have like, I don't have a lot of friends from my younger years, so the ones I've made in my older years, you know, as an adult, mean so much to me because you don't always click with people. Absolutely. It's not like just a dime a dozen. It's a, it's a special thing when you get that bond. So the same thing, not just with friends, but with this teacher. So let's listen to this good news story, and uh, and we'll discuss because I I have a heart for kids in need. Kids, in, you and I both had difficult childhoods, so I have a real heart for this kid. Here we go. The kids in Jody Kaz's classroom know they have a cheerleader on their side. I believe everybody can learn, and I believe you just do whatever it takes. What do you think? Her optimism, a source of personal strength as well. Jody suffers from a heart condition. For years, she's known that while she works to make an impact on these kids, as soon as your behavior is top notch, she would never be able to have biological children of her own. And I was okay with that, but I always hoped and knew that one day that God would bring me a child, and I used to always say, maybe it'll be a child from a classroom that I teach. Then in 2014, a hardworking English language learner named Orlando was brought into Jody's classroom. He was in my reading intervention class, and he tried very hard. He does not give up. And I used to always tell my husband, there's a kid at school. If I could adopt a kid, I would adopt a kid just like him. Later one day during lunch hour, Orlando's best friend Jose gave Miss Kaz startling news. Orlando was a foster child. And I had no idea this beautiful child that I just fell in love with that uh, was going up for adoption and I went home and I talked to my husband about it. They learned his backstory. Originally born in the U.S., he spent time in Mexico. And he said every night he hoped that someone would get him out of the orphanage in Mexico because he knew that he didn't belong there because he was an American citizen. He returned to the U.S. to live with a foster family who enrolled him at this school where he was assigned to this classroom. And I was like, this is meant to be. This connection, I feel, was from above. On National Adoption Day, Mrs. Kaz's one-time student became son. He bought a pink tie, a brand new pair of shoes, pants. Mom went in the bank with that one, but... <laughs> 
The day full of celebrations, the culmination of a year of growing together as a family. Do you remember the moment he went from calling you Mrs. Kaz to mom? Yes. He says it's awkward sometimes. <laughs> Orlando will have a parent at arm's length for years to come. The high school he'll eventually attend is where his new dad, Scott, is also a teacher. Come on. <laughs> that is just too awesome. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you, you talk about, you know, teachers. I, I think that we don't give them enough credit because these are people that gave up their lives, basically, to go to college and learn how to teach our children so that they could be somebody in life. And some of these teachers, I, I just got to give them props because they put up with a lot of stuff. But for her to go the extra mile and then adopt Orlando, her student. Mm -hmm. That's just absolutely awesome. And that connection yes. it was a real God thing. Yes. I love that. Oh my gosh. All right. Speaking of love, Beatrice Bruno, uh, Jenny Dean Schmidt, uh, the channel mom is joining us and uh, we are all going to uh, be involved in a women's conference. We put together ourselves. It's very economical because we want to help people get through women in particular, um, some of the pains that are holding them back and help them break out with Jesus. So give us the info, Beatrice. On January the 28th, that's the last Saturday in January, to, um, January 2017, we're going to be at Grace Fellowship of Lakewood, um, Pastor John Burns Church, and we are going to have Real Women 3 break, th break out with Jesus. With Jesus. Um, and it's just going to be absolutely off the charts. It really is because we're to coming together. Year. Yes, a, a great way to start your year in the first month of the year. We're, we're going to be blessing our, our sisters and their misters and our brothers and their mothers to come out so that they can get free and they can actually operate in 2017 in the way that God intended for them to operate. So many of us are bound with so much stuff. You know, we got so much baggage in our lives that we can't get through to the place where God wants us to be. And so Angie, your story, we, we both have had those, those type of childhoods that they either made us or broke us mm -hmm. and we made it, yeah. we made it through. And there's still women out there that don't understand why they can't push past where they are right, right. now. Right, right. You know, why, why can't I get out of this pain? Yes. If I'm a Christian, why is it like this? Yes. And so the testimonies, I mean, they run the gamut from uh, women who will be speaking, who've uh, lived through sexual assault. Yes. Um, uh, maybe um, we might even have a speaker involving, you know, terminating a pregnancy, uh, you know, uh, a life changing event for uh, Michelle Ron when she uh, had a heart attack on the day of the Columbine shooting and her life changed forever. Well, and she'll explain why John and Robbie Yopes are going to talk about um, getting your marriage on the right track. And I'm going to talk about hope and forgiveness because if you have had a rough childhood or difficulties in your past, if you can't reach forgiveness, then you'll never really be able to be a strong tool for Christ. That's right. That's right. And I'm going to be talking about breaking soul ties because so many things happened to us in our past. Um, in, in my past, in the army as a soldier, I was sexually assaulted by another soldier. And God just showed me this year that I've got to break all those soul ties just to get past that stuff. Mm -hmm. so that I can actually be who he's called me to be mm -hmm. for this season of my life. And so it's going to be a, um, I, I think it's about four or five hours, something like that. We're going to yeah. get together, have a really simple um, breakfast offering, but we're just going to minister to these ladies that as they come. Last year's was so powerful, um, nice. Angie. You know, little old ladies, 70 and 80 years old, they were getting blessed by the testimonies that we had. You can tell that there was a breakthrough because oh. they were crying. 
mine. Oh, yeah. And when I had women come up and put things, yes. uh, give, hand me things that they wanted uh, to get over and heal yes. from in their lives, it was powerful. Almost every woman wrote something on a card and came up to me yes. and gave it to me. And it yes. was, whoa, anonymous, yes. you know, mm -hmm. what was on the cards, but very powerful. Mm -hmm. All right, Beatrice, and you can go to my website, AngieAustinRadio.com. Shoot me an email. I'll give you the info. We've got an Eventbrite uh, page set up. And we're thrilled that joining us this year is the channel mom, Jenny Dean Schmidt, my former uh, TV news colleague. Now we're both in radio. She's on KRKS, and she's joining us right now. Hi, Jen. Hi, Andy. I was trying to be very quiet during all of the things you guys were talking about, but I was crying during that story about little Aww, Orlando being adopted. Isn't it wonderful? Oh, it's totally wonderful. And my husband, you know, is a high school principal, so he sees kids that come through there all the time that need moms and dads, yeah. and um, such a blessing. So amazing that that was a divine setup. I just love it. Love it, love it, love it, friends. All right, Jenny, you, um, I want to share with you, and we're going to talk about some Christ Christmas traditions if we have time, and then also an organization bringing Christmas dinner to families in need. But I wanted to start off with you. Uh, you get some really wonderful interviews, and uh, Jim Daly with Focus on the Family, uh, you just did a long interview with him, and you said you learned some things that you wanted to share with us. I do, and, and I also wanted to mention that, and of course, I'll be at that conference speaking as well that we're having on January 28th, yes. and I'm talking about finding your best identity. And, of course, I'm going to be there to encourage moms and their mothering, but also I just think women uh, struggle a great deal. I once spoke to the president of MOPS who said to me that when she meets women all across the country, one of the things they most frequently say is that they fear that they're not enough. And so I want to get uh, on the microphone at our conference and, and help women see that they are enough when they are in God. And, it, and it's, a, it's a great um, message, I think, that God has given me, and I'm hoping it will be a, hugely bless, bless, a huge blessing to a lot of the women there. Yes, Jim Daly, I, you know, he's the president of Focus on the Family. And I certainly have a lot of friends in my life that don't follow Jesus and don't believe in God and, and are much different than me in terms of faith. Jim Daly has this incredible past. Even though he's the head of Focus on the Family, he has a childhood, oh, believe it or yeah. not, that was more painful than yours. Very <laughs> I mean, painful. Just incredible what he went through. An alcoholic dad who, who threatened to kill his mom, and then their family busted up, and her, his mom died of cancer when he just turned nine, and then his oh. dad died, and he was an orphan, and he lived on his own. I mean, just incredible stuff. And as a result, the, the, a couple things touched me about him. Is first of all, he understands the enormous importance of a mother and a father. Right. And if he could tell anybody in America, hey, even if you feel like you're failing, even if you feel like you don't have the energy to do this, even if you've been abandoned by your spouse or lost your spouse, please know that, that God knows that you are raising the next generation and you're immensely important because he knows it because he lost both of his parents. Right. And, and so he sees the huge impact of boys and girls all across America who go to bed at night without dads, 25 million children go to bed without dad in the home. In the oh, home. And, and so just amazing stuff. And the impact of a father, I'm just going to say this briefly, is, is enormous. And, and dads don't realize. I mean, if a dad is not in the home, a kid is more likely to be poor, is more likely to drop out of high school, is more likely to go to prison. I mean, just all kinds of things. And so he just reemphasized for me the importance of a mother and a father. And he had, he had one or two of his best tips for parents to hang in there and do their best raising their children well, which I really appreciated. But here's the last thing I want to say, Angie. No, I Jim, want more. This is interesting. Well, thank you. 
Jim, I mean, gosh, I would encourage people. I, I hate to make them switch the dial, but you're not on when I'm on anyway. So I would encourage people to, to tune into KRKS for this second part of what he has to say because his view is the most unjudgmental view I know of. And as I said, you and I both have friends who don't believe in Jesus and don't believe in God and don't follow the Christian way, but they, they do stereotype people like you and me and people like Jim Daly as the head of Focus on the Family as holy rollers and judges and legalistic and holier than thou and all those things. Never, never, never could you say that about this man, Jim Daly, because of what he's been through. I think he's been hand-picked for that job at Focus on the Family right. because he has judgment for no one. He sits down with gay and lesbian groups to talk to them and, and find out a way that they can be um, that Focus and they can, can come to a place where, where they're kind to each other and they don't write each other off and um, Focus on the Family can help them know the love of God. Uh, he sits down with women who have had abortions and tells them that God is not judging them and they are forgiven. I mean, just incredible stuff. Um, that he does because of his bad background. I want to say that sometimes our worst pain is our greatest blessing for another person. And he, he doesn't judge people in bad families or dysfunctional families, I should say, because we've all got issues. I'm not here to say that I've got a perfect family. But anybody that's got a bad family background, he's got no judgment because he's been there. And so he can be an enormous blessing to people in pain because of their families. And some, say that again. Sometimes our worst pain can be our biggest blessing. For another person. For another person. Okay. I, absolutely. I, I love that, Jen. I absolutely love that. So, well, and it's, it's biblical. You know, the story about the, the boy, I think he was blind, and his parents said, was he, did, was he this way because of a sin? And, they, and, and Jesus, I think, responded and said something like, no, he was blind so that he could reveal the glory of God, because, of course, then he could see again. And so you just, we realize that he allows pain in our lives sometimes so that it can turn around to be a blessing, hopefully for somebody else. Yes, hopefully for someone else. All right, I want to talk a little bit about Christmas traditions, but I want to share a good news story with you about okay, great organization that is bringing Christmas dinner to families in need, and then we'll chat Christmas and traditions and keeping the reason for the season, Jesus, in place in our families. Oh, thank you for helping us out. It was 22 days before Christmas, when all through the city, thousands of families in need began their Christmas shopping, some waiting since Thursday at 1250. I've been outside for two days in the cold. National Western Complex doors opened Saturday morning after 8. Child's birth certificate and picture ID were all families needed to participate. There is no pre-qualification or living in a certain county or some of the hoops that these families have to jump through and some aren't willing to ask for help at that point. Families filling bags with new free stuff so their kids can open presents on Christmas Day, even though this year may have been tough. My dad broke his arm so he can't go to work. I'm really thankful for this. You know, someone recently lost a job, a family struggling um, you know, with illness and not being able to work, but yet want to provide for their children and ensure that their children have a great Christmas. More than 40,000 items lined the complex walls with books, bears, Legos, clothing. The beauty is these families get to choose, and there's no judgment. The Dolls for Daughters and Toys for Boys toy shop in its seventh year providing more than 5,000 metro area children with much-needed Christmas cheer. But to see the smile on my kid's face, it means everything. Dozens of volunteers on site, making sure to limit the push and pull. Families leaving the free event with their bags spilling over and their hearts full. 
All right, Jen, that, that actually was the wrong story, and I'm actually glad we played it because that's my <laughs> friend Jessica Bacchus. And they don't say in that story that the reason that she started Dolls for Daughters and now Toys for Boys seven years ago is because Kenzie, her baby, was full term, and she was notified, I believe, before the baby was born that the baby was going to be stillborn. Uh, the last mm -hmm. time I interviewed her, she cried talking about Kenzie. She has a beautiful family. She has other children. But th that was – she – experienced so much pain through that experience that she wanted Kenzie to live on and giving to other kids. When I watched the video, I almost cried watching kids lined up block after block after block in the Denver cold. And I mean, it has been cold, as you know, um, mm -hmm. for a couple of days. Kids, just to get Christmas presents. And she doesn't make them prove any need. You don't have to go in there with like a voucher or like, you know, um, you know some proof that you don't make enough money. If you feel that your family's in need and needs a present, then Jessica Bacchus with the Dolls for Daughters and Toys for Boys, make sure that your family is helped. And look at that. They wait for days out there to get this help. Unbelievable that she's turned that tragedy of the loss of Kenzie into giving to so many children. Again, another example of her greatest pain being a blessing to Good somebody point. else. And Good point. And I love how God turns that. It's, it's absolutely stunning. And, and I also love it when people recognize, and you know, this is, this sounds pious, but that it really is greater to, to give than receive. And, and I, you know, God bless her for not sitting around and feeling sorry for herself, but instead figuring out a way to give to others because of what she's been through, you know, and teaching her kids that she has now, you know, all about yeah. giving, and this has become a lifestyle for her. Now, you, last time I talked to you, you said you wanted to kind of issue a challenge. Uh, do you have any um, Christmas traditions we can talk about? And then we'll talk about your challenge, because I love making sure that Jesus stays an important part of our, you know, um, a celebration of Christmas. Yeah, I, I did issue a challenge, and, and I can reiterate that one tradition that we have every year, um, and then something that actually Channel Mom did, because we not only do a radio show and a podcast, but we also do outreach. Um, we just have a beautiful testimony about something that happened last week when we were able to give to someone. Do we have any Christmas traditions? Well, you know, I really love the candlelight service. It just it makes me cry every time, beautiful. so I'll say that. We also always open one gift on Christmas Eve. So do we. Um, we often try to figure out if there's somebody we can bless, but I'll tell that story in a minute if there's just one person that we can bless. I've started a new tradition, though, this year. My son's a senior in high school, so he'll only get it for one year. But that is, think of one gift that you would like from your family that doesn't cost any money. Hmm. And in my situation, it was, I want you guys all to watch this movie, to this one movie that means a lot to me, and I think it will teach my kids a lesson. So I, I, I let them choose between two movies. One was The Passion of the Christ, because I'm the only one in my family that's watched that movie. Um, and the second one was Irreplaceable, uh, a documentary all about the importance of family that was done by Focus on the Family. And I thought, my kids need to know this before they establish fam families of their own. So that's not going to cost them anything. But it's a, it would be a blessing to me if they yes. watched those movies and learned the lessons in them. Yes. So think of one gift that your family can give you that's not going to cost them anything. Okay, Maybe I like a that. Foot, ma foot massage or a walk together or a snuggle time or whatever it is, you know? Okay, we have about a minute and a half left. What would you like to share with your challenge? Oh, very quickly, every year I challenge my children to give one present to somebody in school that they don't like or is often in trouble 
or that they don't hang around with, or maybe that they're even in a fight with, and, and the blessings are enormous. When, when they get, get the a courage and the ability to forgive somebody that bugs them and give them a surprise gift for Christmas, it's, it's, it's the true meaning of Christmas right there. But the second thing is Channel Mom reached out to a single mom and her son who could not afford a tree or presents or trimmings. We did it with Pinecrest Community Church, a wonderful church. Together we were able to give this mama and her boy the tree, the trimmings, and presents for mother and son, and it was such a beautiful thing. And she said it was incredible for her and her son. It just changed their view of the season and of Christmas this year because of they, they received so much. So I was so blessed Aww. that God allowed us to do that. Love that. Jenny, your website, how do we find you? Channelmom.com and also on KRKS on Fridays at 1 and Saturdays at 7 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. Excellent. Love you, friends. Love you too, Anne. Have Merry Christmas. Hey, and if you would like to look younger and feel better for Christmas, I actually have a really great deal for you with through my friend Roxy O'Brien. A thirty percent to the first five people that get in touch with us uh, for any kind of procedure in her office that makes you look younger. Some of them that I've done are just a lunchtime procedure. So go to AngieAustinRadio.com and shoot me an email. Thank you, friend. We'll be right back. Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hey, it's Angie Austin. I'm here with my friend Francis Owens with ARC. And Francis, you and I have been friends a long time, and you and I both wanted to do something with our lives, with our careers that made a difference. I love ARC. I've gotten to know so many of the differently abled ambassadors yeah. through you. Yeah. And it's shopping with a purpose. So when we shop there, the money actually goes to help the disabled community locally. And you need donations. We need donations all the time, and we are very, very happy to come pick them up. You can easily call 303 Jane, which is 303-238-5263. We would love to come pick up anything. All of our sales go to help people with disabilities around the state. We raise funds for advocacy. Love it. And you can also, of course, drop things off, but they'll come and pick things up for free. And again, all the money stays locally to help the disabled community. And I love to shop there because I find great deals. You can find out more info as well at arcthrift.org. Thank you. Perfect. Yay. Hey, it's Angie with the good news. You've heard me say time and time again, the YMCA of the Rockies is my absolute favorite place in the world to take my family. And we have Lisa Newjar here with the YMCA of the Rockies. And Lisa, you have some fall specials? We do. We have a bunch of events coming up. We have a couple of fall fest weekends at both centers where you can come up and just take part in special fall themed events. Excellent. Your website? YMCARockies.org. YMCARockies.org. Check it out. You won't regret it. For over 120 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to denverrescuemission.org. denverrescuemission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ. Hi friends, hi friends, how are you doing? This is 
producer Dave with the good news. Angie's out today, but uh, I couldn't pass up the opportunity for this interview. I have Ankit Shukla. I'm sorry, I mispronounced that. Ankit Shukla. He's an author, local author. He's a nurse. He has... Uh, been around for a while. He's a speaker, and he's got this great book called Don't Live the Good Life, Live the Better Life. How are you doing, Ankit? I'm doing very well, Derek. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for coming on to the show and for sharing your story. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So why don't you just give a little bit uh, of our background? I mean, I've read your book, and I know who you are, but the listeners don't. So let us know who you are. Sure, sure. Um, Basically, I'm the son of you know hardworking Indian immigrants who came here because they wanted a better life for their kids. And I grew up in Nevada, and you know I, it was a great place to grow up. But I definitely wanted to explore other areas of the country and the world. So shortly after college, I got after I got my nursing degree, I started traveling. I lived in Massachusetts for a while, which I loved. I lived in Arizona for a few years. I settled down there for a little while, and then I started got into dialysis nursing. Um, and then eventually I started travel nursing, which has brought, which has taken me all over the country. Um, as a traveling nurse, I've worked in several dialysis clinics and different hospitals, which I've really enjoyed, and I've met a lot of great people. Um, ba- basically, what brought me to writing my book is I've always wanted to be a writer, but I just I was at a hard time knowing exactly what I wanted to write about, or actually getting putting words to paper, just having a lot of writer's block, and then sure, we all have that know, problem. That, Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, eventually, I think what really motivated me the most was I wanted to become a motivational speaker because I felt like I had a lot of good life experience and ideas that I could share with the public. I was listening to this one motivational speaker one day, and he basically said, you know, the best way to make yourself seem legitimate or is to put your ideas in writing, have a book. So at that point, I just said, okay. I was working a night job, and during the days, I was just writing vigorously. And, you know, within a few weeks, I had my book written and then self-published. And you think that uh, your your nursing career and your dialysis nursing has led to you being able to write this book and to know oh, the knowledge? Oh, absolutely. And just nursing experience and life experience in general, I know I've learned a lot in my nursing career just about teamwork always having a positive attitude, even during some of the darkest times, some of the craziest times, um, always having a positive attitude, um, being appreciative of what you have, and you know, learning the importance of hard work and going after your goals. So I definitely learned a lot of that with my nursing career. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you thought that that experience in this book would help you help other people. Oh, absolutely. That's it's a very straightforward book. I you know, don't really sugarcoat a lot of things or put a, a lot of fluff. That's why it's really a pretty short book, but I just really get to my point and really write down my ideas, exactly how I feel down on paper, kind of in an entertaining manner and incorporating my own life experiences. But nonetheless, just using all that and just putting pen to paper and get and putting my ideas in this book. Yeah, that's the idea is just to actually do it. Yeah. Uh, so why, why don't you tell us what the what the what don't live the good life, live the better life is about? Like what uh what what's it about? What are we going to find in it? What should we take from it? Oh, absolutely. My basic premise in this book is, you know, not just settling for a good life, um, always going for better. Meaning, good is not good enough. We can always be better. 
And when you tell yourself you want a, want a good life, you're kind of limiting yourself in a way because once you reach the status of good, whatever that is for you, you know, you're kind of done. But if you're always saying, you know, you want a better life, better kind of in, means in a way it's limitless. You know, we can all in our own way, in our own lives, make him, make our lives better, whether it's our career, whether it's our personal lives, our relationships, our health, sure, whatever it may be, we can always go for better. And that's mainly the main concept I want people to take away from this book. And I also incorporate a lot of life experiences and how I, you know, came to have some of the thoughts and beliefs I have that I talk about. Yeah, I particularly like uh, when when reading the book, I like how you, it's almost metaphorically use your actual life experiences to show this idea and to show how you can do this. Oh, oh absolutely. And so, you know, people are, aren't just thinking, oh, I'm talking about a lot of stuff that I've never, that I don't really have much experience in, but I really feel that the life experience that I talked about in my own book or things that I learned from different mentors that I had in my life really shines in this book. Like, okay, hey, this guy really went through this and, or learned this and really believes in this. So that's really one of the main things I wanted people to, people to realize in this book that, hey, you know, I truly believe in this and, you know, in a lot of ways lived it. That's awesome. And, and uh, still live it now. <laughs> let's, uh, let's delve into the idea, though, that um, you do, people do want a better life and you want to always strive for more, but let's delve into the idea of, um, you know, just experiencing and living in the moment and trying to appreciate the things that you have earned already before you move on. Is there a, a time, do you think there's a time in the book when you kind of talk about that and when there's an appropriate time to kind of revel in your in your experiences and then move on to the better life? Keep going. Oh, absolutely. And I, I actually do talk about one of the chapters in the book, how I, I do actually talk about, hey, you know, definitely always go for better, always try to improve yourself, never be content. However, you can do that and still enjoy what you have, meaning, you know, you can still enjoy your present moment. If you have a great house, you can enjoy that particular house and make it a home but you can always strive for hey maybe i want to make this home even bigger maybe someday i want that huge home on the hill so or you know my health is good right now i can run 10 miles but hey someday i want to run 20 miles so you can definitely take pride in what you have you can enjoy where you are today but at the same time you can always strive for more and I believe it, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's chapter five where I talk about that. That's been a little while since I've looked into my own book, but, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, I believe it is, you know, chapter five, it talks about how, hey, you, you should definitely love what you have. And that'll, and I also believe that if you love what you have, you know, you'll have that positivity to keep moving forward and create something more. <laughs> Sure, here. Yeah. One of the parts I like that I, I gleaned this theme out of it was that you decide that it's good. You decide, what, what, no matter where you are, you decide it's good, and you decide when it's time to move on to what you call better. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things, and we probably all have experienced this growing up, hey, people would tell us, oh, you know, that's a bad idea. You won't enjoy doing that, or you won't enjoy living in this particular place. When I first was moving out of Reno, people tell me oh you won't find you won't enjoy where you're living if you're not in Reno and it's and because you know mainly because they would say that because their own personal experience they didn't like that particular experience sure plus they don't want you to go that. yeah 
which is fine. I respect that opinion. But at the same time, it's like, okay, but you're not me. You don't enjoy the things I do. I like, you don't have the same experiences as me. So really, you can't tell me what makes me happy. Only I truly can. And I can't tell you what makes you happy. Only you truly know that. Yeah, so that that was always a big um, factor that would kind of rub me the wrong way when people would try to tell me, hey, you know, you won't be good at that or you won't enjoy that or that's not for you. But, well, I think it's for me, so I'm going to do it. Right, you decide. <laughs> you decide for it. Absolutely. And, uh, and another thing my, I got out of this book that I really liked was that uh, you don't do it for other people. You don't need an audience. I think it's uh, generosity doesn't need an audience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I basically talked about what my main premise in that book is, you know, we, we should do good things. We should help others because we want to, not because, hey, we might get a prize for it. We might get, you know, a thank you for it. We might, uh, uh, you know, just get good things to come our way because of it. We do it because we want to be loving. We want to be helpful. And another thing I talked about in that chapter is, hey, not letting people guilt trip you into doing something nice. Okay. Because if, I think guilt, making people feel guilty into doing something is one of the worst things you can do for someone because, hey, they're not doing something nice because they want to. They're doing it because someone guilt-tripped them into doing it, and they'll feel bad if they don't. Sure, but, kind of projecting their own insecurities onto you and then you feeling guilty because they feel guilty. Absolutely, Dave. Absolutely. Right. Great. So yeah. don't live the good life. Live the better life. As a writer myself... I do find it hard to, I, I start a lot of projects and I get most of the way through and then, and then I uh, don't necessarily quit, but I never finish. Um, was that a challenge for you? Um, with this particular book, no, but definitely, uh, uh, like I said, other types, times I've started writing something or started a project, I definitely, uh, yeah, I definitely had that same situation where I started something and then. I either got so busy doing other things and I forgot about it or I just didn't have as much interest as I thought. And one thing I really have realized throughout the years is if I truly want to do something, you know, I'll overcome, you know, whatever obstacles come my way to get it. But however, if I, do, if I realize I don't really want to do something like I thought I wanted something, but it turns out, no, it's not something I wanted. I'll find myself even getting the smallest problems to put me down. But with this particular book, I really found it easy to write and easy to finish because I just, I really wanted to do it and I really wanted to finish it. Yeah, it seems like uh, if, you, if you're really dedicated, life doesn't get in the way of those things. Oh, absolutely. And then how about people who feel like uh, they could try for this better life, but they're going to fail? And, uh, and that is it even worth it to try if you are going to fail several times even? I, I always tell people, you know, I failed, we're all going to fail at something, but through that failure, you know, you're going to learn, you're going to progress in other ways, and eventually, you know, if you keep going, I know it kind of sounds cliche, but if you keep going, you're going to eventually find what you're looking for, and you're eventually going to succeed at something. We, we're all going to fail multiple times in your life, and if you're not failing, then you're not really trying enough things. Right. So yeah, that's what I. It's funny because people tell me that uh, you know something is cliche, and I, I always tell them, uh, "Well, there's a reason it's cliche because it's been said so many times." Oh, absolutely, Dave. And I've I've just learned so many times that hey, there were times that I 
I, I thought I really wanted to do something and I failed at it and I just I did lose a lot of motivation for uh, you know months maybe even years and but I eventually really picked my had to pick myself back up and say hey listen you have a lot to offer you there's so many opportunities in this world you really can still succeed at this so I just had to really pick myself back up and keep moving so going back to the book what what uh, as far as challenges and you, maybe perhaps your favorite part, so what do you think is the most challenging part about writing this book, Wes? Basically getting it known and knowing, you know, I'm not a well-known author, I'm not a celebrity. Um, you know, getting it, you know, my first thought was, okay, how am I going to get this thing published? How am I going to get this thing, you know, known to the audience? And that's something I'm working on currently. And basically the best option I had to get it published at that time since I was an unknown author was to get it self-published even though I had to you know you have to when you're self-publishing you have to fit the bill for for the book but it's still worth it if you can get your ideas on paper you know this book is always going to exist whatever else I do in my life I can always say I can always hold a hard copy of my book and know that hey I published this book and it's always going to be mine it's always going to have my face on it and my name on it <laughs> yeah, that's awesome I'm glad I can help spread the word too here. oh I, I very much appreciate that too Dave and uh, so uh, why don't you talk about your favorite part of writing the book sure I think the part that I had the most fun writing one of the chapters was that generosity does not need an audience that was one of my favorite chapters and also one of the things I enjoyed writing the most, or actually probably the part I enjoyed writing the most, was the quote section in the very back. The last several pages of the books are just quotes that I came up on, that I created on my own. And these are my own quotes about my own beliefs. I was and actually I, curious I, about that, too, because I've read all these quotes, and I wasn't sure if that was all you, or if those quotes that you found, or... Yeah, they're, they're all mine, and sometimes maybe they were variations of other quotes that I may have heard, but basically, yeah, I just sat down and said, okay... I just wrote it down. I didn't read a quote book, a book of quotes while I was writing or anything like that. I just wrote them down based on my beliefs. And I've always liked books of quotes. I just believe they provide a lot of motivation and great information in such a short excerpt that I, I just always loved books of quotes. And I felt that that was the most fitting way to end this book is just having a quote section that just summarizes all my ideas and thoughts. So that's probably the funnest part. I had writing in this book, and one of the quotes I do use is generosity does not need an audience. I believe that's my very first quote and that I have in the book <laughs> in that quote section. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because one of my favorite quotes, you've already said it, and I think it's just probably something that you say, but it, you said if you haven't failed at something, then you haven't tried enough things. That's uh, one of oh. my favorites. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's just, I mean, these quotes, there's just so, there's just so many of them. If we have time, I can read some of them, but um, they're just... Yeah, sure. Well, we, we, we only have about idea. two and a half minutes. Why don't you give us two or three of your favorite quotes that you have, and then we'll talk about where everyone can get the book and, uh, and you know, maybe what your next step would be. Sure. One of the, thing, one of the quotes is, uh, here's a good one, talking and planning are important in, a, in obtaining your goals, but they only go so far. Tell yourself what you want, plan how you will get it, and then take action. That basically means, hey, you know, you need a good plan, and, you know, you need good ideas, but if you go no further, that's basically all there are is ideas. You need to take action in order to make your dreams come true and in order to reach your goals. And another quote that's kind of the same, kind of on the same path is, you can't live in a blueprint, 
a blueprint is a plan. If the house never gets built, the, blue, the blueprint means nothing. If you don't take action, your plans mean nothing. So that's another um, quote of mine that I, it's kind of on the same um, side and that I really enjoyed. Um, I guess, uh, I mean, there's, I love all these quotes, but um, one of the other ones I really like is, it, and it kind of goes by on what we were saying earlier, the millionaires and billionaires of the world didn't say, oh, people think this idea that I have to become rich is stupid, so I won't do it. <laughs> so that, that's kind of another thing, like, hey, those, those guys didn't stop other people's uh, opinions from doing something that they truly wanted to do. Sure, that's what so, I was going to say. Is one of my favorite quotes was, don't let other people, how'd it go? Don't let other people decide for you and don't decide for other people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I very much appreciate you taking the time to read the book and i'm really glad that you enjoyed it yeah i did it was a, it was a really easy read and i liked how my favorite part was how you used real life to turn it into these lessons and to help people kind of strive for more oh absolutely and i hope that other people enjoy the book as much as you did yeah me too so i only got about 30 seconds left but why don't you tell us about where to get the book your website and then uh and then where to find you oh absolutely my website is www.theevenbetterlife.com that's www.theevenbetterlife.com you can also send me a direct email at my name a-n-k-i-t-o and as a nancy u-r-6 at gmail.com and send me a direct email the book is also available on amazon.com or xlibris.com x-l-i-b-r-i-s.com that's the publisher of the book Awesome. Well, thank you, Ankit, and uh, I, I hope people st start reading your book, and I know that I enjoyed it, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in here for your next book. Perfect. Thank you for your time, Dave. Thank you. For over 120 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to denverrescuemission.org. denverrescuemission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ. Is your marriage going badly? Has addiction or sin put a wedge between you and your spouse? We can help. Our book, Caught, tells the story of how God redeemed our marriage and gives 10 holy habits that will cause your marriage to be strong. Good marriages don't just happen. We can help. Go to caughtinhisarms.com for more information and to order your copy of Caught. That's caughtinhisarms.com. When going to a chiropractor, you may be thinking that they won't be able to help you for the long term. However, Dr. Joe Arve at Maximize Living will change your mind. The moment you meet him, you will find that he is your best friend. He treats you like you are part of his family, and he truly cares about you and your health. He is very knowledgeable about long-term health and wellness. 
Through the use of spinal correction, he helps you discover what it takes to be a healthier you and will help you feel better even after your first adjustment. He will also share with you the essentials to healthy living so you can take your health back. No matter what stage of life you're in, he will help you develop a plan to achieve the goals you set. Get ready to make a positive change in your life. Give him a call at 303-457-8080, 303-457-8080, or SpineGeek.com. Maximize living. Adjustments for life. Welcome back to the good news. Well, here's some really good news. You may be getting some fantastic gift cards for Christmas, and many of us are giving gift cards as well. How would you like to make it a little more exciting, put a little twist on it? Well, here with the hottest ideas in the gift card world is the gift card girlfriend, Shelly Hunter. Hey, girlfriend. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. So let's talk about the new and innovative gift card ideas this holiday season. All right. So Blackhawk Network did a survey that 8 in 10 shoppers will buy gift cards this year. And a full 81%, if you can believe this, will have more than half of their gifts will be gift cards. Really? So it's all about this gifting this year. Uh, most requested gifts are the hottest gifts we're seeing. E-gift cards are super popular these days. So this is the ability to send an e-gift card to an email, um, trade to somebody's phone. And also we're looking at experience-based gift cards. So, you know, a little bit less about the things we want to buy and a little more about how we want to live our lives and, and things we want to do. So gift cards that create experiences for you and for your family, uh, these, are really, these are really hot gift cards this holiday season. Well, I love the idea of experiences. Uh, I read a survey. Um, a while back that said, uh, stop giving your kids things, give them experiences, because those are the things that will create family memories, etc. So we're big on experiences. So how about trends? Right. Did you find anything out about trends? Yeah. So, you know, our, our trends are that, and this actually falls right in line with what people are looking for. The Retail Gift Card Association said that shoppers are increasingly looking for local gift cards. Uh-huh. Now, local gift cards, though, aren't, they're not always that easy or convenient to get, mm-hmm. especially if you don't live near somebody. So a, a great way to solve both of these issues are gift cards like Spa Finder or Go Play Golf or Groupon. These are gift cards that can be used at, at hundreds of local establishments that the recipient gets to choose. But you as the giver can still pick these up at the grocery store or online like at giftcards.com. And so it's a way to give people those experiences, give them that convenience, the local flair without, you know, really having to change your shopping habits all that much. Okay. Some other findings that maybe surprised you or, or interested you, like maybe most requested um, gift cards or most innovative Right. So, um, you know, the best gift cards are ones that people can use easily. Um, my favorite gift cards are personalized Visa gift cards. So these are gift cards that you can put your own picture on, a picture of the kids, uh, grandma and grandpa, maybe even a picture from your family vacation. It's a gift card that is a Visa gift card. So it can be used anywhere, but it's, it's still very personal. It's got this image on it. So this is my favorite gift card to give and truly is the one that people keep for even after the gift card's been used. So that's my favorite gift card to give. And you can also make that an e-gift card where you can add personalization of video as well. So I, I love the idea of giving people these gift cards that are convenient for them to use, but still giving you a way to make these gift cards more personal. Now, in terms of getting rid of maybe like an unwanted gift card, so is there a way to do that? Because a lot of people just let them sit in their wallets for years. 
I know. Or worse, they leave them at home, and that drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. So the best thing to do when you get a gift card, put it in your wallet first and foremost. So then it's put it even next to your debit and credit card, so it's right where you see it. Uh, but if you're not going to use the gift card, and you'll know within a couple months, if it's been difficult for you to spend, chances are good you're not going to. The best thing you can do is sell those gift cards for cash. So you can sell them online at cardpool.com. You can also take them to Target, and Target will exchange the gift card you don't want for a Target gift card you can use while you're shopping right there. What? Step back. So if I had, let's, another yeah. store's gift card for $25, if I give it to Target, they'll give me a $25 gift card? So you're not going to get full face value for that gift card. And it depends on um, the usability of that card, but you can exchange it for a Target gift card. It might be a $20 card. It might be $22.50. It all depends on how popular that card is that you're selling to Target. But think about it, $22.50 to spend in Target, that's a great deal. Hmm, that's very interesting. All right, all right Shelly Hunter, the gift card girlfriend, where do we go for more info? So I want you to go to giftcards.com. And speaking of saving, if you go to giftcards.com forward slash deals, you'll find all sorts of 10% off, 20% off, and even buy one, get one. All the gift card deals I can find in the holidays right now, it's keeping me literally busy every day updating that list. So oh, check it that's out. great. Get a gift card. Okay, so we can find your best deals on gift cards so you can get the gift card for less than the face value and give your friends a nice gift. Excellent. Merry Christmas and thank you so much, Shelly. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.